Hey, boss. Remember me? Jack Newton. Got a question for you. Why'd you make so many suckers? You say love never endeth. Well, I say love never starteth. You say the meek shall inherit the earth, and I say the only thing the meek can count on is getting the short end of the stick. Bicycle, bicycle, bicycle. I want to ride my bicycle, bicycle, bicycle. I want to ride my bicycle. I want to ride my bike. I want to ride my bicycle. I want to ride it where I like. Hi, everybody. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Open up with that little scene from a movie called A Leap of Faith from 1992. You know, I was, uh, I, I was I'm watching what's going on in this country. I'm watching the, uh, that thing called Biden that's in the White House make speeches, and I'm seeing the spin on what's going on on, on TV and how they're spinning everything that's happening. And I'm just saying, saying, you know what? If you're not, if you're not paying attention. You're going to end up getting the short end of the stick. If you're not paying attention and if you're not talking about it, helping spread the news, helping spread the news about the lies that are going on, um, you're not going to inherit the earth. You're going you're going to get the short end of the stick. And uh, I got a couple other clips I'm going to use throughout the show today from that same movie, Leap of Faith, because, you know, it just has some pertinence in some of the things that we're talking about today. I used the bicycle race from Queen. Um, you know, I was looking for a song in, uh, Scott McAfee of, uh, Don's bike sitting right next to me. And I said, I said, Hey, since you're here, I'm going to use the bicycle race. And, uh, the other reason I use that is cause, uh, you know, uh, this is the first time I've been in the studio, um, for about a year now. And, uh, you know, in the past year when Scott's been on the show, we're, we're looking at a screen and trying to, trying to you know, get, get, uh, cues off each other's, uh, looking at, but you're looking at the microphone and you're not necessarily looking at the screen. It's just awkward. It's hard to, it's hard to, hard to coordinate all that. So, uh, so in the studio with me, Mr. Scott McAfee at Don's Bikes today. Scott, welcome back. Thanks, Ed. It's always a pleasure to be here. And I, I will concur with you that being in studio, way better than trying to do this on Zoom, because I found I had to keep turning my mic on and off because I didn't want to have somebody, you know, flush the toilet in the background and that ends up being on the show, you know? Yeah, we were, we had to, had to, had to re re-record a few things a yes. couple of times. You're supposed to, you're supposed to move your computer and your microphone <laughs> a little farther away from the bathroom. Exactly. Plus, we get that echo. Hey, so we got we got a lot to talk about today. So before I go go any further, let me do my my typical introduction. If you don't know who I am, my name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640, day or night, toll free area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me, but you don't want to talk on the phone, you can get me at edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Click on the Summit Funding logo, put in as much information that uh, that you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear back from myself or one of my talented teammates, and we will help you find the missing piece to your to your real estate financing puzzle, whether that's refinancing a piece of property that you already own or uh, helping you purchase a a piece of property that you'd like to own or if you're over 62 and you'd like to have a little bit more uh more more uh, money and financial uh, flexibility in your in your retirement years or even if you're not retired um that 
awesome that awesome financing tool called a re, uh, reverse uh, reverse mortgage uh, call it we have information on all that stuff um, if you if you uh, want to hear something repeated or you miss part of the show you also go to edhoffman.net click on the podcast page here this show as well as several past shows you can also get the uh, podcast on SoundCloud or uh, Apple Podcasts formerly known as iTunes um, and you can uh, subscribe for free have it download once a week uh, some of you guys are making comments on Fridays, hey, you know what? I I, I I like what you said about this. I'm going. How'd you hear it already? Because uh, we're uploading it Friday afternoon after I record on Friday mornings. So uh, Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud or uh, at Hoffman.net. Be sure to connect with the show on social media. Uh, uh, the Facebook page is Facebook.com/slash The Main Event at Hoffman. Uh, Twitter. I'm follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman and all the other ones. I'm at Big Ed Hoffman. Uh, if you have comments on the show, uh, leave a comment, uh, email me at ed at edhoffman.net, or you can fill out the contact form on edhoffman.net and uh, all that good stuff. Hey, you know what? Uh, before we go on, I had one of my clients calling and uh, just wanted to vent on me because I'm her financial advisor about uh, trying to trying to uh, hire people for her nursing, uh, her nursing company. She goes, ah, no one wants to go to work. They say, hey, it's $300 less than I make on unemployment. And uh, she go, they go, as soon as my unemployment runs out, I'll come to work. And uh, we couldn't have seen this coming. And uh, my buddy, uh, Dr. Bill Clark, at a technical employment training in San Bernardino, is saying that he's got lots of, lots of manufacturing jobs, people calling him for, for, employment, for uh, employees, and uh, asked me if I'd mentioned that, uh, that technical employment training is a nonprofit, and they're in San Bernardino. Uh, on part of the old uh, Norton Air Force Base. Uh, they have an introduction to manufacturing program enrolling daily now for skills training in manufacturing. So if you'd like to have a job in manufacturing, and and from what I'm told, they pay pretty darn good. Um, this program trains machinists. They've been doing it for the last decade. They provide 630 hours of machine training and offers a minimum of two National Institute for Metal Working Skills certifications. If you're seeking a career and interested in hands-on training, Technical Employment Training is the place to go. Call 909-382-4141. Again, if you're looking for uh, to learn the skills so you can get a machinist job, 909-382-4141. There's lots of lots of employers employers looking for employees. Or you can follow them at Facebook at facebook.com slash technical employ. So uh, okay, got all those, got all those uh, all those out there, Scotty. Scotty, proprietor of Don's Bikes in uh, Rialto and Redlands, uh, you got something to plug? Got a uh, little show going on tomorrow night? Well, we do, actually. And by the time you hear about this, the show will be happening. It's at the Tustin uh, Marconi Auto Museum. We're doing a comedy show. At this point, though, I think we're almost sold out. So I don't know if there'll be any tickets left at that point or not. But uh, yeah, it's called Make America Laugh Again. We have some of the funniest comedians in the area. And we're going to basically bash on the left for a couple hours. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Okay, so uh, uh, if they want... If there are any tickets left, M-A-L-A yeah, Mala, comedy.com. Malacomedy.com, M-A-L-A comedy. That's malacomedy.com if there's any tickets left. All right. So uh, let's talk about uh, Biden's first 100 days. You know, uh, I was just I was just waiting for that 100 days because I'm so giddy with the anticipation of what his, his accomplishments were going to be. Not. Why does it seem like 100 years? I don't know. It's, <laughs> you know? Because, you know, Biden talks like he's in hospice and he's uh, 
Not sure if he's going to make it to dinner time. Mm. So anyway, after 42 executive orders, 62 Trump orders reversed, 11 bills signed into law, one of which is costing taxpayers $2 trillion. Today is Joe Biden's 100th day. Well, today was actually Thursday. It was his uh, 100th day in office. Biden's approval rating has hovered around 53% all week. His highest approval rating since taking office, which uh, I think is all a bunch of BS anyway. I don't, I don't believe these numbers. I don't believe any of the numbers because no. um, I don't believe anybody's ever... You know, I I took a I took a, uh, a survey on the phone one time and they had me on the phone for about 45 minutes. And so based on that, and they ask for all kinds of stuff and then they get to the politics stuff. And uh, based on that, I just don't think conservatives have the time to do it. Whereas Democrats are on unemployment and, uh, you know, there's not the TV during the day is just not that good. So if you call Democrats, he's going to have a high approval rating as liberals in the media are quick to remind us. This is already more popular than Trump was on any day of his, of his, uh, presidency, you know, cause all those people that he got jobs and all those employers that are making money, they didn't have time to take calls. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna, I, why do I not trust the sources of a lot of these surveys? And oh, well, of course, we know we can trust the media to give us accurate reporting on what people are thinking, Ed. Not. Yeah. yeah exactly. Regardless, Biden's 100-day approval rating is still below other recent presidents. The only two with lower numbers are Trump, which we know Trump's numbers were never accurate, and Gerald Ford. There's a guy who's, uh, oh, never elected, was he? Was he? No. He no. was never elected. He got... Uh-uh. He came in when uh, Nixon, Nixon was impeached, and then yeah. he didn't didn't win election at the end of it. Right. This means Biden has the third low the third lowest 100 day approval rating since uh, Harry Truman in 1945, which was 22 percent. Only 12 percent of uh, Republicans approve of Biden's job performance. And uh, yeah, uh, I, w- I want to know who are those Republicans? Who, yeah. Who's that 12 percent? I want to talk to them right now. I know because uh, I think they're uh, I think it's Lisa Murkowski mm. and uh, Susan Collins, Susan Collins, and maybe Mitt Romney. Yeah, those are, <laughs> but there there must be their family members because Mitt Romney, uh, you know, he's got a lot of family members. Ninety three percent of Democrats who claim they claim to approve. One of them is Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. President Biden has definitely exceeded expectations that progressives had. Uh, you know, I'll be frank. I think a lot of us expected a much more conservative administration, but the active invitation and willingness and collaboration uh, with progressives in his first 100 days, um, or almost 100 days, uh, has been very impressive. Yeah, that's because he's not running the country, Ed. Yeah, exactly. So he's not really, oh, I don't know, we don't even know who's running the country. No. My wife thinks it's uh, it's uh, Obama, so mm. she calls uh, she calls the guy in the White House, I don't want to call him president, she calls him O-Biden. And, uh, you know, Biden just wants to be famous. He wants to he wants to go down in history. He doesn't care what for, because if you look at his his speeches from the last 47 years, his positions today are not consistent. He's just going with whatever, whatever is the opposite of Trump and whatever somebody's telling him. Uh, I know when he's when he's walking around, it's uh, Kamala Harris. She's the the Washington, D.C. seeing eye dog. So she says, stand up, Joe. Okay, turn to the left, Joe. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Got to turn the handle before you go through that door. And it's, it's you know, it's, I don't know who, who's controlling him on or who's writing his speeches. He has no idea. He's reading these speeches, has no idea what he's saying. And uh, some Republicans uh, disagree with AOC. 
Uh, here's Lindsey Graham, Rand Paul, and Kevin McCarthy with their comments. AOC said his first 100 days exceeded her expectations. That's all you need to know. During the campaign, he made us all believe that Joe Biden would be the moderate choice, that he really, that court packing was a bonehead idea. All of a sudden, we got a commission to change the structure of the Supreme Court, uh, making D.C. a state. I think that's a very radical idea that will change the makeup of the United States Senate. You know, just a couple of months ago, we were hearing from the newly inaugurated President Biden that he was going to unify the country and that we were going to work together and have bipartisanship. I'm still waiting, Mr. President. I haven't seen any of that. I think what I've seen so far is it's Biden's way or the highway. Well, first, if I look at the 100 days, it's more like a bait and switch. The bait was he was going to govern as bipartisan, but the switch is he's governed as a socialist. Well, we, like, we, like you just said, we don't know that he's even governed at all. No. He's just signing stuff. Where do I sign? Uh, hold on, I got my little cue card here. Uh, says open the folder, sign where it says. But I can't even say it. <clears throat> can't even say the, the 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 p word in front of his name. Speaking of Biden's campaign, uh, remember when he said this to Jake Tapper? And I think my inclination, uh, Jake, is on the first day I'm inaugurated to say I'm going to ask the public for 100 days to mask, just 100 days to mask, not forever, 100 days. Yeah. Um, to, by the way, to all you people that are wearing masks, driving in your car by yourself or walking your dog by yourself, you're morons. Or jogging down the street by or riding yourself. Your, or riding your bicycle by yourself. How do you ride a bike with a mask on? I just, I like, I'm calling these people out now. I've like had enough of this stuff. Yeah, exactly. They're, uh, they're not the sharpest tools in the shed. So, hey, you think you're, you're acting uh, American and, and responsible, but we're all laughing at you because you're, you're morons. And uh, for those of you that uh, that think that think uh, that you're safe because you got you got uh, vaccinated, that you're that you're uh, that you're invincible, you're morons too. And I was at the bank the other day. In front of me, there's this Asian lady. She had a Tupperware container on her face, held on with a bungee cord. I'm not making it up. Really? I'm not making it up. I swear to God. I took a picture of. It. I'll show it to you after the show. <laughs> Unbelievable. I've seen some pretty stupid things, but that's. That's got to be one of the worst. Uh, so, so what do you know? Now it's been 100 days. The very next week of uh, the very week of Biden's 100th day in office, the CDC relaxed the mask guide, masking guidelines for the first time. We've now, since inauguration day, we have given 215 million shots, and because of the extraordinary progress we've made in fighting this virus, starting today, if you're fully vaccinated. And you're outdoors. You need, and not in a big crowd, you no longer need to wear a mask. I want to be absolutely clear. If you're in a crowd, like a stadium or at a conference, or a concert, you still need to wear a mask, even if you're outside. But beginning today, gathering with a group of friends in a park, going for a picnic, as long as you are vaccinated and outdoors, you can do it without a mask. Oh, I forgot to mention one thing, Ed. If you have a conference with a bunch of world leaders on Zoom, you have to wear a mask for that. Exactly, because, you know, they, you know, all the world leaders, they're not wearing masks because they're not worried about getting coronavirus from their computer. And uh, But Joe Biden, <laughs> Joe, Biden <laughs> oh, Joe Biden's that one kid in school, mm. you know, that just sits in the back of the class and people just just make fun of him because he's 
Just not all there. No, he's not. Well, look, most presidents are followed around by the Secret Service. Joe Biden is being followed around by visiting angels. Exactly, exactly. So so that's that's one of my questions. So Biden got vac- vaccinated. He was one of the one of the first people and he did it on TV. But he doesn't seem to remember he remember they did. You know, why is he wearing a mask outdoors when he's vaccinated? You know, and uh you know, and and I think about this. I think about this. I talked to one of my neighbors and I don't think uh, they appreciated it, but I don't really care because I only know how to say one thing, the truth, Um, this whole whole vaccination thing. And I will tell you, as for as for a covid vaccination, the only way that needle's going in my arm is if I'm held down at gunpoint and I can't wiggle out of it. And, uh, you know, that's I think about I think about my my uh, my my puppy, my three month, three and a half month old uh, Bernese Mountain Dog, Wyatt. Um, I asked the the breeder, how'd you get that? How'd you get that microchip in him? Because you know, as they got bigger, their little col- colored collars to tell the difference between them uh, would fall off. And she goes, "Oh, we put microchip in him, so we just had to use a chip reader." How does that chip get in there? Oh, we just inject it with a syringe. Really? So what are they doing when they stick that needle in your arm? Are they just chipping everybody? Because it doesn't seem to have have uh, any evidence that they that even that the government or the doctors even believe that these things work. You know, Hey, I heard, I heard, Oh wait, does it, uh, maybe, maybe it's uh, we're not sure how long this is effective. Maybe for six months. Oh wait. And it's uh, a couple days ago. I heard now they're starting to wonder if drinking alcohol could, could, uh, deactivate the, uh, the, the efficiency of the, of the shot. You know, it starts to, it starts to sound like this little scene from the leap of faith. You know, there's going to be some really sick people out there tonight. I'll seat them in the back so it's harder for them to get on stage. And we always have our malpractice insurance. Only Only if your faith faith is strong strong enough. Yeah, only if your faith is strong enough. So, hey, you know what? If... If you got the vaccination and you still caught COVID, uh, it's because your faith wasn't strong enough. Or maybe you drank some alcohol. Or maybe you uh, sat on the passenger side of of your wife's car. You're only supposed to sit in the driver's seat if you've been vaccinated or else that deactivates it. Or maybe uh, you were outside during a sunset or maybe a lunar eclipse or something. Um well, you know, I was going to say, too, obviously, you're, when you come back to Biden's comments, what he said is if you've been vaccinated, you can walk around outside without a mask. What if you haven't been vaccinated? Or what if, like me, you don't plan on ever getting vaccinated? I already had COVID back in January. I'm not getting a vaccine. I'm just not. Been there, done that with COVID. I don't need a vaccine. Don't plan on taking one. It's my body, my choice, Ed. Exactly. That's that's, And they're talking about having to have a certificate to get ah, on the planes. Ah, Say, is that where we're going here? Yeah, exactly. Ah. So I will tell you that when they when they say, hey, you don't you don't get to fly without this vaccination card, I won't ever fly with you again. And and this is the time that we need to start. We need to start fighting back with our wallets. And when you walk in, you know, I know when you go in the grocery store, the grocery, you know, in we were in the grocery store in Montana. And it's got the sign out there, uh, face mask required. But you walk in the store and and, you know, about. 70% of the people don't have masks on and nobody's hassling them about it. And I, I walked in, I had my face mask and I look around and go, all right, back in my pocket. And, uh, and nobody's hassling. If I walk into a place and they say, hey, put on your face mask, I'm just walk right out. Yeah. Say, you know what? If I go into a restaurant and they say, hey, you got to have your face mask on until you get to your table. Okay. Then I'm, then I won't go to your table. You know, we need to start doing that when, when people start doing like that. So let's see, see what happens when they're losing business because we're tired of that 
tired of that. Well, you know, it's funny too. I just had this discussion with my manager at a Redlands location. We have dropped the mandatory mask policy and I've made it optional for employees. If you want to wear it, great. If you don't, then you don't have to any longer. I mean, nobody's talking about all the unhealthy consequences in wearing a mask all day. I've gone into restaurants. You see some of those chefs over those grills and they're cooking all day long with a mask on. That's just bad for you. So look, at this point, it's like it's no longer mandatory to walk in my business to wear one. And it's funny too, because my manager said you know there's some people that might walk out and they'll say i'm not going to shop with you because there's people in here not wearing masks i said that may be the true however the funny thing is certainly at our rialto locations which where it's where i'm at most of the time i've had people say thank god i can take this thing off thank god exactly you know? exactly people were people were afraid to wear wear masks and t-shirts that said uh, trump during the campaign they were afraid because because it was getting so ugly out there, and I'd wear I'd wear a Trump 2020 mask and I wear a Trump 2020 shirt, and people go, "Oh, hey, I love your mask." Right? Yeah. Why are you whispering it? You don't want anybody to know that you're on the Trump side. Uh, you know what? Hey, if you feel some way, but you're afraid to if but you're afraid to speak out, you're a coward. So stop being a coward and and let people know that because you know so many people are out there that that just think, "Oh, I'm the only one." I, I don't like Biden. I think he's a moron. You know what? But you don't want to say it. You know, we were just talking about one of your friends that got banned from the from the movie production business, and he was a movie producer. Yes, and uh, and had a big contract to do to do a big project, and they found out that he donated to Trump, the Trump campaign, and they fired him off the job, and now he's been blackballed. That's bull. No, it is it is bull, and we're seeing an acceleration of this kind of stuff too. For example, um, there are conservatives who were at that January sixth event that are still in jail. There are conservatives that have been put on no fly list, even though they haven't committed any crimes whatsoever. So we're seeing now an acceleration of that kind of behavior. It's like we're becoming more and more like China, it seems like every day. So when they talk about unifying people and bringing people together, yeah, that's as long as you say what they say you should say, to act the way they want you to act, uh, do what they want you to do. Otherwise, you're going to be silenced, censored, fired, or put on these no-fly lists that I'm hearing more and more about, or your bank account gets pulled. I mean, it goes on and on. We're, we're, we're gearing more towards a Chinese communist type system every day. And people and people People aren't seeing it because they say, hey, no. look, I got a check in the mail. You know what? I got a check. You know, like they put money in my bank account. Okay. You know what? And I told everybody, I don't know why they why they give me relief checks. I have no idea why why they're sending it to me. This proves they're, they're stupid. You know, a fool and his money are, are soon parted. And the people that are managing the tax fund are fools. And they sent it to me. I'm in no way, shape, or form hurting for money or or financially affected by by COVID uh, or need any of that government money. And I've just been donating it to the church um, every time. And I say that and I, and I'm around some people that go, Oh, I just paid off my credit card with, it. or I just, you know what? And some of these people would say, say, Hey, this is, I don't believe in it either, but I'm going to keep it anyway. Or I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to stand up. You know what? Everybody, everybody has, Everybody doesn't, people don't want to say something because they think they're the only one. You know why they think they're the only one? Because some of you are too cowardice to, to speak out. We need to speak out. Don't be embarrassed. If you're, if you don't like Biden, tell people, if you don't like the Gavin Newsom, we'll talk about that in the next half. But obviously we finally had enough people that said, said, uh, we had so many people that signed that, uh, signed that petition that, uh, they can no longer say, oh, this disqualified, this disqualified. They still got enough to uh, start the recall. We're going to talk about that in the second half after we talk about uh, 
Biden's uh, glorious speech, uh, was it Wednesday night? God, it's hard, it's hard to even Tuesday remember. Tuesday night? Yeah. Seems like a lifetime ago. I had to watch it like three oh, times, oh, and, I, oh, and I still didn't oh, catch all of it. Poor you. I, you know, I I my I was watching the highlights because he talked while I was still at work, because you know I still work, and uh, and not because not because it just it just seems like the right thing to be doing. Did you, did you see Ted Cruz falling asleep? Oh yeah, Ted Cruz is falling asleep. <laughs> my wife, my wife was kind of. Not happy that I wanted to watch it, watch the whole thing, because she'd seen it while it was. She goes, I don't want to sit through this. She goes, hey, we have DVR upstairs. Can we go to bed and watch it? And, uh, you know, I'm in a horizontal position watching it, and it just wasn't conducive to keeping me awake. I had to watch it again, and I I don't know that I got through it the second time either. Hey, we're all out of time for this half of the main event. Stay tuned for five minutes of traffic, weather, commercials, sports, and we'll be right back with you with a lot more. Welcome back to part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. I don't talk about real estate finance, but too much on the show and real estate. But you guys ought to be paying attention and check yourselves and see uh, what your interest rates are on uh, on what your mortgages are out there before the interest rates go up because they're gonna. And uh, if you're if you want to find out about a uh, about uh, whether you you should be in the market for buying a property or refinancing one or you want to learn about reverse mortgages, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020, 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net, click on the uh, Summit Funding logo, and we'll do the computer thing. Hey, uh, if you weren't listening in the first, first half, then you don't know that I've got in the studio. We're in the studio for the first time, which is part of the bicycle race thing is, like, hey, it just seems weird being back in the studio after a year. And uh, and uh, Dan goes, well, it's like riding a bicycle. Uh, but in with me in the studio is uh, Mr. Scott McAfee, uh, proprietor of Don's Bikes in Rialto and Redlands. And uh, ready to go again, Scotty? Absolutely. I appreciate the custom intro music too, Ed. It means a lot to me. I know. We're we're sifting through songs. What one really fits what we're talking about? And then we, my uh, my shuffle said... Brought me to bicycle racing. Hey, well, Scott's here. We should use this one. Just meant to be. All right. Then we got in the studio and said, this just seems weird. Yeah, it's like riding a bicycle. All right. Okay. So uh, we talked about uh, Biden's first 100 days and a bunch of other stuff in the first half. Now, now Wednesday night, I checked to make sure it was Wednesday night. Uh, Joe Biden <sighs> gave his first gripping gripping address to the joint session of Congress. Uh, they thought he was going to do do it early in uh, February, like like most uh, presidents do. I guess it's a joint joint session in their first year, and then it's a State of the Union after that. But you know, Biden had to get all pumped up, and it took a long time for uh, them to to write a sentence, uh, write a uh, speech, so he would know what to say. Um, so Wednesday night, he's in front of the House chamber. Uh, it's, you know, I don't even know it was half empty. It looked like it was mostly empty when they showed pictures of it. People were spaced out. Um, you know, and didn't every member of Congress and the Senate get vaccinated mandatory? I thought so. So if they're, if they're, if they're all vaccinated, why did they have to leave that place half, half empty or mostly empty? Was it because people weren't interested in what he had to say? Could be. I know I really wasn't, but hey, it's part of the job description here, I guess, huh? Yeah, so uh, like you said in the first half, we saw Ted Ted Cruz fighting to stay awake. 
and uh and i had to fight to stay awake first time and uh, i don't i had to watch it a second time because i wasn't successful um so everyone in attendance is sitting far apart wearing masks despite being fully vaccinated and socially distanced i thought you had to wear a mask if you weren't socially distanced i don't know i went to church last sunday and uh, our church is almost full it's almost full and uh, and actually our uh, campus pastor said said hey Take those things off. Let me see your faces. I don't see some teethy smiles. It's good to be back. And uh, not everybody took their masks off, but mine was already off. Uh, the focal point of Biden's address on uh, on uh, Wednesday was his new 1.8 trillion family American families plan. Then remember we said two trillion is his is his uh, is his key number this year. Everything's just about two trillion, and this is number three. So extending the so his family plan is extending the expanded child tax credit through 2025. So, because you know whatever president comes in after him is going to cancel it, um, which takes the expanded, the if you're working and you have kids under 18 that are your dependents, um, it takes it takes your tax credit, meaning that even if you didn't pay taxes, they send you a refund. It took it from, from uh, well, Trump took it from 1,200 to 2,000. Now it took it from 2,000. To up to thirty six hundred, I think if your kids are under six, it's uh, it's thirty six hundred, and it's uh, three thousand if they're seven or over. Now he wants to go take that through two thousand twenty five. Isn't he great? So uh, that cost uh, two trillion dollars. Uh, that was part of the first two trillion. Uh, more than a uh, hundred billion in free community college. As I remember, community college is not very expensive. No, uh, nor should it be, I think, especially with the things they're learning in college now. But, but I guess we have to fit the bill for that too, Ed. Yeah, but, you know, we just, it's, hey, if it's $1,000 a year, which is what I'm being told, I remember it being about 150 200 but that was 40 years ago. Um, 200 you know, they just, they just have to pay everything. Say, you know, we can't allow people to pay anything because... You know, we don't know if they're if they have jobs or if they're just getting the free money that we're sending them, but they shouldn't have to spend it on anything other than, you know, maybe weed or alcohol. Uh, so, uh, you know, keep their TV on so they can hear the media. Two hundred billion dollars in universal pre-K. Got so, to indoctrinate those little ones, Ed. Exactly. So I'm I'm wondering, sending your kids to school, I mean the most parents want to spend those first few years before they go off to kindergarten for half a day and then full time at first grade. Um, I'm wondering, is this optional or mandatory? Well, I'm sure at some point it will be mandatory Ed, as long, along with our, our own education camps. If we don't like toe the line with, uh, with what's coming down our way. Exactly. I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking Don and I need to make another trip to, uh, I don't know, Australia, New Zealand, hmm. um, we just we have we have two other houses, one in Arizona and one in Montana now. But just in case this gets way out of hand, <laughs> we should have we should probably have a house in in uh, another country that's livable. And I think new we enjoyed New Zealand and Australia when we were down there. Yeah, we'll, pro- we'll probably both be on the no fly list at that point, though, Ed. Uh, well, there's boats. Okay, that's a good idea. There's boats, the cruise ships. They okay. don't pay taxes, so they don't follow anybody's laws. All right. Uh, Two hundred twenty-five billion to create America's first federally paid family leave medical family leave medical leave program, which uh, allows uh, family leave for up to three months. 12 weeks after a uh, family has a baby, um, which, uh, you know, you, you know, I, I always, I told my kid, my son, when he had, when he had his kids, Hey, for the first 
for the first 10 months, that's mom's kid. You don't have to spend any time with them because they don't, it's, it's <laughs> the first 10 months is all about, all about mom. After that, they're, they're both years. And uh, so now we're going to let men take off three months off of work and we're going to tie employers to uh, having to keep their job open for 90 days. Uh, Scotty, you have a, you have a business with, uh, with uh, what, 28 employees? Yes. Yes. Well, how's that going to affect you? You got one of your key guys, wife has a baby and uh, he gets to take off three months and you, if you hire somebody to replace him, um, you still have to keep his job open. And if you don't hire someone, you're just without him for 90 days. You know, I, I can't imagine what this is going to be like, because honestly, I have one of my employees right now. We're busy as heck. If one of my employees takes off one day, I hate that. I can't imagine three months. I know. You know? And we're talking about these numbers, a billion here and a billion there, a trillion there. Am I the only one that cares about the deficit at this point? Because this is money's coming from somewhere. Yeah, it's coming from somewhere. It's coming yep. from you and me. They're just going to tax the hell out of us. Pretty even, much. Even worse. The other the other thing I was thinking about was not only is are, are the Democrats not thinking about the impact on employers, but they're not, you know, he, he also mentioned, let's make $15 an hour a, a minimum wage, a federal thing. Everybody's cheering. You know what? He's going to do everything to push jobs out. And everyone's talking about his approval rating. He's not doing anything good for this country. I don't understand it. Oh, or maybe just the media is full of crap. I don't know. So uh, here's, uh, here's Biden talking about his family medical leave. The American Families Plan will finally provide up to 12 weeks of paid leave and medical leave, family medical leave. We're one of the few industrial countries in the world. No one should have to choose between a job and a paycheck or taking care of themselves and their loved ones or parent or spouse or child. Yeah, I wonder about that choice there. <laughs> wait, wait. Nobody should have to choose between a job and a paycheck? Yeah, it's... Uh... So you can get a paycheck without a job. Is that yeah. what you're saying? That's, uh... Hey, you know mm. what, folks? Okay. For, for those of you young people that that uh don't catch on to this this is called socialism so and there's giving you a little bit more a little bit more a little bit more there you're the frog in the pot of the cool pot of water on the stove and uh you know it's just slowly heating up and you'll just lay in that till you boil to death and uh, this is this is how they're taking your life away so uh how are we going to pay for all this plan uh you know the answer how do we pay for my jobs and family plan? I made it clear we can do it without increasing the deficits. Let's start with what I will not do. I will not impose any tax increase on people making less than $400,000. But it's time for corporate America and the wealthiest 1% of Americans to just begin to pay their fair share. Just their fair share. Sometimes I have arguments with my friends in the Democratic Party. I think you should be able to become a billionaire and a millionaire, but pay your fair share. Yeah, do something for it first and then pay your fair share. What is a fair share? What is a fair share? You know, because most people that that aren't millionaires or billionaires, they don't pay any any taxes at all. Um, and I won't, and I won't say you have to be a millionaire to pay taxes, but you know, when half the country doesn't pay anything, you go, oh, I pay taxes. It comes out of my check every week. And then uh, you say at the end of the, at the end of the year, when you see how much you paid in total, 
for your for the whole year and then you file your taxes and your refund exceeds that number, you don't pay taxes. So uh, what does that fair share entail? Raising taxes on those making more than $400,000 a year. And if you live in California or New York uh, or uh, or certain areas of, of the country, 400000 is not rich. 400000 means you take home 200000 which is about $16,000 a month, which uh, if you've got a six or eight or ten thousand dollar house payment that is not rich because then you got that big expensive house to to heat and cool and water and utilities and of course you know you want to go out to dinner once in a while and you got those thousand dollar house uh, car payments for you and your wife you know it's not you're not living high on the hog you're not you're not a you're not a gazillionaire like people think 400 so they're going to raise people from 400,000 up from 32 percent up to 39.6, which means another $2,600 a month coming out of your check. And can you afford another, uh, another uh, payment on a, uh, on a, I don't know what costs $2,600 a month, I guess a Lamborghini. If you bought a Lamborghini, probably lease it for $2,600 a month. Um, if you guys can't afford it, then, uh, this is, this is harsh and making the capital gains tax rate equivalent to that. Uh, equivalent to that as well, bringing it from 20% to 39.6 for those making more than a million for those making more than a million dollars a year. We take the top tax bracket for the wealthiest one percent of Americans, those making over four hundred thousand dollars or more, back up to where it was when George W. Bush was president when he started, 39.6%. That's where it was when George W. was president. We're going to get rid of the loopholes, allow Americans to make more than a million dollars a year and pay a lower tax rate on their capital gains than Americans who receive a paycheck. We're only going to affect three-tenths of one percent of all Americans by that action. Three-tenths of one percent. I'm not looking to punish anybody, but I will not add a tax burden, additional tax burden to the middle class in this country. They're already paying enough. Yeah, well, I haven't actually fact-checked this, but I noticed he said, he noticed said, hey, uh, the same the same rate when George W. was president when he started. Well, that means when Clinton went out. That doesn't mean that George W. Bush had it that. But I haven't really fact-checked that yet because I just noticed he said when he started. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think a lot of the philosophy of this is as long as it doesn't impact you, don't worry about it. We're just going to impact those nasty, evil one percenters that, that uh, you know, earn apparently over $400,000 a year. So it's not going to bother you. Don't worry about it. You'll be just fine. But of course, it does impact everybody. And as it is right now, I'm, I'm losing about half my income in taxes. Yeah, you know? at, at least. Yeah. And it's like, OK, so what does that mean now? I'm losing even more. I mean, it's just there's no end to this. Yeah, it's uh, I like I like uh. I like it. Hey, paying your fair share is everybody pays their fair share. Right. Nobody pays zero. Nobody has yes. to give away half. Exactly. Other topics addressed in the speech, including HR1, the power grab, Democrats' climate agenda, and a familiar line about the economy. More people voted in the last presidential election than any time in American history. In the middle of the worst pandemic ever, it should be celebrated. Instead, it's being attacked. Congress should pass H.R. 1 and the John Lewis Voting Rights Act and send it to my desk right away. The country supports it, and Congress should act now. For too long, we've failed to use the most important word when it comes to meeting the climate crisis, jobs. 
jobs. Jobs. For me, when I think climate change, I think jobs. Trickle down. Trickle down economics has never worked. And it's time to grow the economy from the bottom and the middle out. Yeah, isn't that uh, reminds you know the the I'll take those one at a time uh, you know the HR one the country supports it you know we had the most people vote yeah some of them weren't even alive when they did it and the country supports it who does uh, and climate it's climate all I gotta say about climate is uh, is three letters J O B S and that his wasn't that him who said that I think so I think so yeah what about all the guys that lost their jobs in the pipeline you brought that up off the air yeah exactly you know hey jobs hey this climate change thing let's talk about the people that are that used to work on the pipeline and now that well they're just gonna get green energy jobs yeah when are those gonna be ready because you made them unemployed a uh, hundred days ago and then trickle down hey we're gonna build the it's time we build the economy from the bottom up yeah the people uh the poor people are gonna start getting start getting paychecks and they're, they're gonna create the companies that employ them I start thinking, hey, let's build families from the bottom up. Babies are going to start having parents. <laughs> I don't know. It just doesn't, doesn't seem logical to me. Uh, giving Republican rebuttal was the first African-American Republican senator in history, Tim Scott of South Carolina. When America comes together, we've made tremendous progress. But powerful forces want to pull us apart. A hundred years ago, kids in classrooms were taught the color of their skin was their most important characteristic. And if they looked a certain way, they were inferior. Today, kids are being taught that the color of their skin defines them again. And if they look a certain way, they're an oppressor. From colleges to corporations to our culture, people are making money and gaining power by pretending we haven't made any progress at all. By doubling down on the divisions, we've worked so hard to heal. You know this stuff is wrong. Hear me clearly. America is not a racist country. I would agree. I agree with that 100%. And as you know, as you may know, liberals started a hashtag, hashtag Uncle Tim, based on the derogatory term Uncle Tom, of course, which implies that Tim Scott is a slave to white men. Twitter allowed the hashtag to trend for 12 hours before banning it. Uh, and, you know, I was watching uh, Gutfeld on Thursday night. And uh, Tyrus, who's a former uh, former uh, professional wrestler, and and he's just a regular guy. He's a light skinned black dude. About uh, he looks like he's about four hundred pounds, about seven foot eight, uh, 400, 500 pounds. He's he's huge, and uh, but he talks just regular common sense. Listen to this: the rebuttal from the Republican Party was a proud black man. I'm sitting in my chair and I'm going, wow, we made it. Mm -hmm. That's as equal opportunity as you can get. And we're represented. Wow, nice job. Mm -hmm. But then I watched what happened afterwards. Mm -hmm. No one was interested in bipartisanship. They went after Tim Scott. They didn't go after Biden. And what I've learned in, in all our equality, what we've learned now is that racism is not just for white people anymore. <laughs> Calling him Uncle Tim then I'll be Uncle Tyrus with him mm -hmm. because he preached the same thing. He told the truth. This is not a racist country. 
We all have obstacles, we all have issues. Somebody might hate you because of the color of your skin or the size of your belly or the sex you are or your orientation. We all got it, but we all have equal opportunities. And in that chamber that night, we saw the opportunities. Mm -hmm. But that's not what mainstream media was interested in. All they wanted to do was tear it up. I listened to so-called black men who call themselves liberals and fighter for freedom and opportunity, trash him like he was ignorant and he was a white man's dog. Where does that language come from? That was back in the Jim Crow era. That's how they talked and it was acceptable. Now they do it politely because why? The brother had a difference of opinion. And it's disgusting. Yeah, whenever whenever, uh, whenever Biden's making a speech, he doesn't really know what he's saying. And that's the one thing I liked about, about Trump. You know, he says what, what he thinks he, and, he, and he says what he feels. And whether he's reading from a teleprompter or whether he's, whether he's just speaking from the cuff, Trump is Trump. And you always knew where he stood. Biden, you don't know where he's at. You don't. He doesn't even know where he's at. So uh, let's go on to the California recall uh, that we've talked about earlier that people are actually speaking out. The second governor, uh, governor recall in California history is officially underway. And the people cheered. <sighs> that was supposed to be your line, Scott. <clears throat> That's usually when you do that. Hey, the campaign to end Gavin Newsom's reign qualified for the ballot on Monday when California Secretary of State's office filed the recall petition with 1.6 million dollars sig- so, well, one one million signatures, not dollars, uh, which which probably means that we had probably 2.6 million and they tried to eliminate disqualify enough of them, but we had so many people that say get rid of this guy, they still couldn't eliminate enough. And uh, with the state's homelessness in full-blown crisis mode and the overreach of COVID restrictions by the hypocritical governor, you know, who uh, who says kids can't go to school, but he sends his kids to to in-person private schools and says we can't go to restaurants while he has his, his big uh, face-to-face dinner uh, loud. We can't be loud. He's loud at the French Laundry in San Francisco. Uh, organizers say it was not hard to gather support for the recall. Here's Joe Collins, a black Republican running to beat Maxine Waters. You've probably seen his commercials. Uh, he led a recall road trip to gather signatures. The getting the signatures for the recall was fairly easy. Uh, seen as a, one of the biggest issues we have here in California is the homelessness problem. And this is a problem that has gone unchecked for a very long time. And the cost of living in California continues to, to rise. And people are sick of it. You know, the people have spoken. We got the signatures that we needed. I and mean, I think that it's time that California gets a governor that is going to put the people first. Yeah, it's uh, I like I like Joe. I sent money to him. I you met him in person, right? Yes. Yeah, I did an event with him actually. Yeah, he's uh, he's he seemed like a, I I thought he was a for sure. He's getting national attention, and he really made Maxine Waters look bad. But you know, apparently, maybe our elections are rigged. Hmm. Hmm. Well, let's hope not. I know with this recall, I mean, that's great. It's great we're going to recall the governor. But of course, we are the stupid party, Ed. So now the question is, now what? What now, are we? Now yeah. what? Exactly. Now what? Now who do we have? Yes. Uh, you know the the recall petition starts the motion that we'll have a we'll have a recall election probably in November. Not official. No official date uh, uh, set. Um, and you know so you'll you'll vote yes or no on the recall, and then you'll vote for if the recall goes through. Who do you elect? And uh, who are we gonna who are we gonna who are we gonna elect? You know, in 2003 when we recalled Gray Davis, we we had like 150 employ uh, 150 candidates. And uh, now we got a few celebrities until, and you know, Arnold jumped in, and that's what we ended up with. And we have uh, a few, a uh, few celebrities jumping in. Most, most famously, the former Olympian, former Olympian that used to be called Bruce Jenner, 
And the former Kardashian spouse, who used to be called uh, Bruce Jenner, now known as Caitlyn Jenner, I don't know if, I just don't see that. Yeah, the answer is absolutely not. And why do we, on a lot of, and he's getting some Republican support, by the way, he, she, whatever. Um, and it's kind of like there's a lot of Republicans that think if only we're more like the Democrats, we'll win elections. So in this case, we've got our, our tranny up there. And by the way, Ed, maybe I'm old fashioned, but I remember when a tranny was something that bolted on behind your engine. Exactly. And, uh, or, you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes on, in my Corvette case, it's bolts on on the rear axle. Hmm, okay. <clears throat> or, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, uh, tranny, it's it's amazing. Uh, who else is running so far? We have actor Randy Quaid, cousin Eddie for the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Well, actually, all the vacation movies. You know, hey, hey you know, sure, this is the guy. Hey, you gotta don't get too close to the microwave because I got that metal plate in my head. This guy only makes headlines when he says something stupid. I think last time I heard he was he he was evading taxes. Went to. Uh, Went to uh, Canada. Sounds like our guy. Uh, yeah, exactly. Kevin Faulkner, former San Diego mayor. Uh, John Cox, who took all the support away from Travis Allen, who should have been governor. And maybe Rick Grinnell, who was the acting uh, director of national intelligence uh, under Trump. We need somebody We need somebody to step up. We need Travis Allen to je- step up. But I think he's disgusted with the whole system, thinks it's rigged. I don't probably disagree with him. We need someone else. Maybe... Uh, maybe Daryl Issa would be good. Yeah, well, we need to pick somebody, and we need to pick them soon because time's running out. And I don't know who I'd like least, Caitlyn Jenner or John Cox, who has absolutely no personality whatsoever. Uh, I was on a bus with him, and I heard him announce, yeah, I'm going to run, and I almost wanted to say, please don't. Please don't. You should. You should. No. No. Yeah, so anybody else you can think of? Um, How about you? Uh, not a chance, Ed. Not a chance. And me neither. I, yeah. just, I just, hey, I'm a self-aware man. I just don't think I have... The energy to run, and uh, I have I have the brains to do it if I was in office, but I just don't think I'm interested. The running part's the hard thing. Exactly, yeah. you know, and it's gazillions of dollars and give up your whole life. It's you know, life is just not not long enough to give it up for that corrupt system. Hopefully, somebody good steps up. Hopefully, last Hopefully. comments. Um, no, other than uh, I, I do want, I do sympathize a little bit with Caitlyn Jenner because for a long time, for nine months, I felt like a man trapped in a woman's body. But then my mom gave birth. <laughs> uh, we'll end with that. Hey, uh, we're all out of time, folks. My name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event, and I'll be back again with you next week. <laughs>